0: Welcome back. And um, tonight's heading of our message is true salvation compared with false desertion trends. And um, on Google, you can look up Google Trends, and that is a website that Google have that um, uses graphs to compare. Uh, the search volumes of different um, queries and searches over time, whether they be shopping searches or image searches or map searches or places or any search that's been done on Google, they um, graph it and they compare it. And so you can actually get on there and compare different things. Like one I did was Coke and Pepsi. just And obviously Coke was a higher graphed searched uh, product For some reason, um, and Pepsi was underneath it. And so, just in when we think of trends like the desertion trends of this time, as we're looking here in John chapter 6, of uh, the many disciples there that we looked at last time when I preached a bit over a month ago. But you know, what if we could see the trends of people today? turning back, you know, from hearing the gospel. Um, people that have heard the gospel and they've decided to, um, that they have enjoyed it and they, to, they've decided to follow uh, in the Lord Jesus and for a while, but not actually having truly believed. They've just, um... so what if we're able to compare those sort of people to people who truly believed in a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They've truly repented toward God and and, and put their faith in the Lord. And, you know, they've committed themselves wholeheartedly to following him. And I think as... um, Because before Google, the Lord Jesus contrasted, you know, the two ways you're probably familiar with in Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. The contrast there is, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be go there at and we think of the word many as many disciples also and verse 14 of Matthew 7 narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it so if there was a graph we'd obviously see the true believers underneath being the few as we see the 12 disciples here being the minority at this time and so these verses um our Lord, as we've just read, well, just referred to in Matthew chapter 7, you know, he's referring, that that includes all human hearts uh, who have, you know, like never believed. Like, obviously, in this passage, we're talking about people who have professed and, and, and followed, but they've never truly believed. But here, it's everyone, whether, you know, um, not just the pretenders who follow the Lord. So, you know, and see, that's my message tonight. Um, in We have a very great warning for those, what the Bible calls apostates, um, hypocrites. And so we need to be able to, and as we're reading through this, that's how we need to just look at, at this passage, not just talking about, it's not talking about people who've lost their salvation, not that at all. It's people who've never uh, truly believed, who've never got, Saved when I keep referring to, like, um, us as um, in examining ourselves. It's not about our salvation. It's it's about the um, trend and the influence and, you know, we need to... The Lord wants us to examine ourselves in that light that we are capable of such, you know... um, Blasphemy against him that we see in the world today we we mustn't think that we're too high or we're too settled or we're too set um, in our religion if you could call it and so we must uh, be able to examine ourselves and the Lord wants us to do that to keep us humble to see whether we be in the faith to, well to prove to prove our faith and so when I um, a little over a month I preached I, it was a bit of a longest. Heading that it was simple saving salvation over devastating de- destructive des- desertion. So I've shortened that a bit with the one I've chosen tonight, which is in the uh, outline on WhatsApp. So John six sixty six, and again we're reminded many therefore of his disciples, and they went back um, and walked no more with him. And we saw that walk word back literally meant a hundred eighty degree turn from one direction of professing to just going back to what they were before they even knew the Lord Jesus or and uh, knew him and called him their master his master Then, and so the reason for the question see we did um, point one which is on the outline to believe or not to believe last time and that was for the reason for the question and which uh, the Lord Jesus asked, will ye also go away, was the question. And we went through introducing that question. We did a bit of an introduction. And so what we saw that those who uh, defected, you know, from knowing and practising that not believing the truth of the eternal way of life are much more accountable, um, more so at the judgement, going to be. It's going to be a lot harsher because of that understanding, that knowledge, and we'll look a bit more of that tonight, and and also tonight, Lord willing, um, I plan to get through the next two points to finish it. Um, I want to introduce my second point by saying um, we we know from Acts chapter two, and we believe that is the beginning of the church because. We read right there from the beginning when the foundation of the early church was being laid. we have the um, the Holy Spirit indwelling and and filling the true believers and um, and we see what we see is in the reaction and response of the Holy Spirit indwelling the true believers that were praying that were fasting and praying and you know, waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit, the comforter that was to come after Christ had ascended. We see the true militancy of the church, the aggression, um, you could say, the zealousness for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, this was all done in the meekness of Christ, as we use those words, and and we understand that that Christ was the meekest uh, man on the earth. Um, he was God, but in the flesh, and he was um, man. And uh, so, we see the pulling down of the strongholds, you know, of the devil, as we read through the book of Acts in that beginning. And the strongholds of the devil, you know, are pulled down through their sacrifice and obedience to the Lord in the preaching of the gospel and in the contending earnestly for the faith under very difficult conditions and um, very extreme with the persecution. And, And so we see in Acts the faithful believers standing together Helping each other who are true to the Lord and His Word. And we see how the Church of Jesus Christ was called into constant warfare, that spiritual warfare against the powers of darkness. And see the devil wasn't happy. And and so we see the power of true prayer to God and and, and then we see them putting legs as it were to those prayers. Um, And not just using prayer as an excuse, but they put action to it in their abilities and the power of the Holy Ghost uh, answering those prayers as they were very obedient under such difficult circumstances. And, you know, what they said was, quote, we shall give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And so what we see throughout Acts and the New Testament epistles is the early church Uh, believers realize that if you're going to do anything for God or be anything for God I've got to put myself my whole um, body and soul and spirit into it and even under the harsh treatment of imprisonment as we mentioned and and even death and it was every bit on the altar for God and uh, no reservations totally unconditionally absolutely the life for God and um what a testimony there, and and what power we see, and what results, and because what happened, we well, we see thousands and thousands of lost and dying souls, they were saved, and um and today, the battle still rages, and uh, the truth is under attack, and but many of us, as we know ourselves, as we look at our own lives as we look at the word of god in our own responsibilities as true believers um we struggle and uh we know and as christians and we find ourselves often falling into the sin of uh, neglect and we have we find and feel that we have no power spiritually and and our desire is weak at times when it should be strong in our weakness and there is a lot of activity in our lives. We know, even in ministry, in 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 um, trying to live right for God and and be faithful. But we, we just know there's no real progress spiritually, as like we read in the early church. And so, um, and then we think of of what impact have I had for God on those around me too. And so, we have this question. Um, as we go into point number two, let's look at that again. Will ye also go away as we consider your ways, as we consider our ways in regard to that? So 67, um, just there, will ye also go away? Now, when we think of trend, with the current trend of the many disciples that we've seen desert and um and the full knowledge of Christ, as we see in verse 70, as he's bringing it home to the 12, the minority, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you 12, and one of you is a devil? And so one of them would also do this uh, desertion, and he's pointed that out. And I can only imagine that he's, the Lord has said it with grief in his voice just um just with what has happened already and and just just with bringing it home to the, his 12 disciples and so many have gone and uh many and uh so when we think about this many um personally like many over the years have left this church and but also in that as those times have been sadness for the church Many, um, we praise the Lord for the faithful members also who have stood in the gap. And, um, and here we have 12 at this time standing in the gap, only a small group that was, you know, they were specifically selected by the Lord, carefully chosen um, by the Lord who knows the beginning and the end and of all things. And so verse 71 there, again at the end there, um it's talking about Judas who should betray him and the writer is saying here being one of the 12 because that had already happened when he wrote this and and uh John and and so um being one of the 12 when we see that being one of the 12 that was quite significant because you know this was the what we could call the apostolic uh bible college and uh small group but very unique and so 70 there one of you is a devil and this is diabolos in the greek and it means adversary that word devil there which it usually is referred to satan as our adversary but we can see how subtle uh, the devil is craftily you know our enemy satan the deceiver works his wiles um, upon the human heart and mind and you know through this child of disobedience we see now Judas and, and you know the other 11 had no idea and, um, and they didn't even it, it's, like, it's like they couldn't even because there's no response or we don't see like even when we read right up to chapter 13 in, after the washing of the feet where the Lord Jesus is sitting down with them for the last Passover supper meal and it's really heavily on his heart by this time and so um, and so we'll look at that in a bit in more detail before I get too far ahead of myself but the Lord Jesus uses this defection as we see this season of defection of the many other disciples to try and point this this out amongst them and so if we just consider, like, doing some of the maths on this, like, just the percentages, um, the average of probability today, because we could nearly say it was probably worse today than it was in our Lord's Day, maybe, just with um, the way things are, and, you know, the percentage of deceit, as we see, 1 in 12, and, you know, sort of, if we could just maybe what if we thought one out of every 12 church members in our church is a Judas (laughs) look you know I don't have any right to say that and uh to make any judgment regarding this and it would be wrong actually but just thinking you know on on that sort of percentage there and certainly many of us over the history of this local church here sadly have deserted and many are not even in fellowship or walking with the Lord today and um and and may that help us and urge us to continue to pray that we be not ignorant or indifferent you know to the truth of of the word of God that is preached here so you know you know the 11 um around judas the 11 other disciples that were around judas were very indifferent at this time to this what the lord was trying to point out the truth of the situation and and the, the effect here but as we look at part b of consider your ways so one of them would do this and then christ knew that all of them might do so and this was the concern that all of them you know with their hearts attitude and ignorance could do this they could go away you know one of them is and it's been said there and and maybe you know some or one a measure of danger exists and but apart from his grace as we sung there uh, the first Catherine sung there and they should you know they should apart from his grace they should have the divine abounding desire to do what they ought to do and the divine Power, because that's what grace is, God's help, his divine enablement, as we've been learning from Jim Berg on Sunday morning, Sunday school. And except, you know, for the help from God, that is God's grace, divine help, you know, all, all of them would go back, like to their previous ways, all of us would. It's the grace of God that keeps us and uh, and enables us. The same devil today, more subtle, more craftily searching out our weaknesses, that he may work upon them. And I know, um, again, verse 68, and then we have the response of uh, of Peter. And then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and assure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. P- Peter, who is the, obviously we realise is the most outspoken, and you know he gives a very bold answer here to, to the question. And we'll look more at that a little bit in the, in the third point. And our Saviour knew that um, there was even enough in Peter to have made him as faithless as Judah, even though he was expressing outwardly uh his de- his determination that he he wasn't going to be and and so you know we might think of experience we have or maybe we have confidence because of that experience and that unfortunately can lead to proud presumption and this is what the lord is trying to gently and meekly and softly point out to the to the 11 or to the 12 really cuz he wanted Judas, even right up and just before he betrayed him at the Last Supper, he had the opportunity to repent, but he never did. And uh, and so the proud presumption of thyself, the carnal confidence, um, it, it should caution us, like, you know, the smoke, which uh, signifies a smouldering fire on a very hot day, it should It means danger, you know, and so again, First Corinthians ten twelve I referred to uh, in the last message where it reads, "Wherefore let him that thinketh he standed take heed lest he fall." And so, Matthew twenty six twenty to twenty five, when we I read there before, um, when just it's we're at the last. It's the night, well, night of Jesus' betrayal by Judas, the night of his arrest. And and so they're at the Last Supper here. And, and it wasn't till the last Passover meal, the night of our Lord's betrayal. You know, I can only imagine, again, as I said before, with the grief that the Lord is expressing in verse 21 there, that one of you shall betray me. And their response, they respond now because... Um, The Lord has really pressed it upon them. And they say, um, because the Lord's emphasised, and this is a really serious matter, and the word of God moves them to ask the question, the Lord Jesus moves them, Lord, is it I? And as we see in 22, every one of them say unto him, even Judas, as we see later on in the next few verses, in verse 25, Lord, is it I? And when someone among us, some among us, or one, deny or defect from his master, as Judas is and going to, may we humbly ask, as they did, Lord, is it I? Even though, and that's the point, um, you know, the Lord just wants us to examine ourselves, even though we, we, we I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to do um you know, to keep me unto that day, you know, when he takes us from this earth. But so may our prayer be with this Lord's desire, you know, to, O Lord, may we say humbly, have mercy upon me and keep me by your side, that I will always abide. And uh, a quote, the master put the question because he knew that it ought to come home to every heart among the twelve and so we see no mention back in John 6 there where we're looking there at the end of the chapter about those who had gone back already that the Lord tried to chase them down or follow them up or you know just no time really we see being spent in trying to get them back and see the Lord knew their heart and He knew the situation in his full knowledge and, you know, but one thing I just want to look at, when John the Baptist was introducing the ministry of Jesus in Matthew um, chapter 3 verse 12, he gives a prophecy here of the Lord's, um, the effect on the Lord's ministry. And so Matthew chapter 3 verse 12 John the Baptist, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So the Lord Jesus, we see with the, you know, the His word and and as it was as we saw in the last message, the doctrines and. and you know the foretelling of going to the cross was just getting too much for those many disciples and it was the Word of God is like a fan in his hand, and you know it was it blew them away, the chaff away, the chaff was blown away, the unbelievers the wicked and um the, the apostates, and you know he will thoroughly purge his floor and he, and and we see this. It was blown into the fire. We read there, and you know this speaks of the eternal judgment of God, and and so this is what we see happening in the prophecy of John the Baptist about our Lord Jesus in his in his ministry, and now looking at the twelve with carefulness, um, will ye as we see in sixty seven there? Will ye? Okay, you know you've been with me from the beginning I've chosen you you know I've carefully selected you to be my eyewitnesses that you know they will be witnesses and they record what they witness and the inspired word of God and and it will be become the whole part of the canon of scripture and you know with the trials and the tribulations and the ups and the downs and the joys we've shared together and for you if you go away it it, it will be sin and you know and if you turn aside from what you know and what you've been blessed with you're very accountable and you've been given much and if you turn aside from the true and living way we will you know we even those of us who have heard and rejected will be without excuse and if we deliberately go away from my Lord as we would call him my master can I expect nothing but the hottest wrath of God forever if 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 you if one is to deny their Lord in this way as we see um, the emphasis I can say that the Lord um, never had obviously their heart in the first place and this is brought out in Hebrews 10 chapter 2 Ten verse 26 and 29 and uh it says there to the jewish believers it's the hebrews is written to but it's it's talking about those who haven't believed as i read this in that context for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth there remaineth no more sacrifices for sins but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despises Moses' Lord died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore a punishment suppose ye shall he be through thought worthy who hath trodden under foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. And I just want to read verse thirty-eight, and because it talks about in verse thirty-one in that context, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Those who have had the opportunity of and have trodden the blood of Christ underfoot, and um, and it is a fearful thing. And so, verse thirty-eight: Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That's not drawing back, like um losing your salvation because we understand that's not the case here at all it's people as we've looked at the many disciples in that context and those who have never truly believed and that's well, i think the emphasis is on that because um it's it starts at salvation and if it is missed there um i mean in in the gospel like in 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 that commitment and dedication to the Lord, if it's missed, it it's like it just gets worse and, and a snowball effect where it ends in tragedy like we see in sadness. And so it, what we're seeing is it requires this judgment of this nature for this sin of um, is... A awful wrath of God's punishment and so it should really stir our hearts into you know anyone in a true living relationship with the Lord will not want to grieve him in any way or cause affliction even in doubt even in hardship and trials there's not that like giving up or and when people have those thoughts and wanting to walk away whether it even be the local church they they, they don't realise how much hurt they cause in that church and the pain and the great sorrow to the saints that is and that 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 is all accountable uh, to like before God and that's why I can see the judgement is much greater because you know you're also opening the mouths of the blasphemers of God and they have much to scoff and mock more and it just what we are seeing today even in our circles um, when others are turning aside we can start to understand why the lord asks this question it's five words will you also go away and there's much in that in that question because apostasy in another point is very contagious and like we've got the covid track 19 which is out in comparison uh, to sin, which everyone has sin. We are born in sin, and that we all have to deal with it. And we can, and there's a hope and a-, a cure, which is presented in the gospel in the track. But when we think of contagiousness of com- apostasy, um, let's think of like this book of John, and in chapter 10 we read about the sheep and. You know we are called sheep, and the nature of the sheep, you know, we know is one that if one goes right, the next will follow, and so on, and all will follow the same path of, and that's the way sheep are. And you know, when backsliding and apostasy become a trend, like we're thinking fashionably, the Lord asked the twelve disciples at this time, "Will ye also go away?" And so, in this contagiousness, because you know, even in my short experience in this church. Pastor after pastor, I've heard, even in our own circles, and missionary after missionary, um, member after member, we see have we've seen many turn aside uh, to you know a change of doctrine or a modern thought or just living in sin, just leaving the ministry in. And men, you know, who you, maybe you, who I've spoken to and, you know, men who we've, people who we've trusted in and prayed with, you know, they've gone away from their original convictions that we shared with them in this church. That's why we supported them or prayed for them as a sister church or missionary. And, you know, we've been staggered and astounded at their moving of the landmarks of the word of God. And, you know, each Wednesday night, the request is given to pray for our sister churches. And, you know, there is a great need and uh, in that for their protection and we trust they pray for us and... Because the enemy, our adversary, the devil, is relentless in his attacks, and he just seems to be coming again and again and again, and to do battle and uh, with those faithful few. And uh, he seeks, you know, to turn believers away from doing the will of God, and and he's trying to tempt believers into sinful thoughts, words, and deeds to render them powerless, to unusable. For God, and so you know, the devil would be happy if only you know if we were a church that only had a form of godliness and we just denied the power of God through our sin. He would he would just leave us alone, but no, because you know, he wants to bring apostasy into the faithful fundamental church, and um, and so we've got to more so in this warning earnestly contend for the faith and and you know desire strongly to finish well, as we are reminded because we're going to be accountable for that as well. We need to be aware of that in our knowledge of truth. And so third point, and just finishing on the last point, to know God's gracious will. And, you know, the answer Peter gave, as I said, in verse 68 and 69, uh, to whom shall we go, he said to the Lord Jesus. Um, And that means, you know, go back. Like, Like, that is not what we want to do. We just that we want and uh so to peter you know it the idea seems repulsive and which you know peter in his expression does not tolerate the idea of going back and and may you know may we pray that this be our, our response and uh as and so just looking at the sanctification we have in christ as we consider in knowing god's gracious will his as i mentioned before as we've been learning his divine enablement his power and uh you know sanctification we've learned that means being set apart for god's holiness his um his use and you know before we came under the conviction of the gospel we were deceived and blinded to the way that is the truth of eternal life by satan and and many people don't even They're not even aware of that. And we were so blinded, we weren't even aware, you know, that the enemy existed. And so, but God in his mercy allowed, you know, me and those of you, you know, us who have believed truly, some way to hear the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ by believing that Christ suffered and died, completely paying the punishment for my sins through his own life's blood. And now in repentance toward God and, um of my sin and putting my faith in his son's sacrificial death on the cross God by his free saving grace saved me from hell and the lake of fire and uh you know and that would if I have gone down that path if we like the lost are who don't believe you know they are ending up free being eternally separated um from God into outer darkness when they die and uh and that is complete, furthest from God you could ever be, the outer darkness. And this, you know, and this um, secure, solid salvation that I have in Christ, being born again, is my positional sanctification in Christ. And it's unmovable and we we have great hope and security in that. And then secondly, when we are saved from our sins, eternal consequence... We still have that old sin nature in our fleshly bodies. And so there is a temptation to sin by the world, the flesh and the devil. And God's word tells us that the blood of Jesus Christ does cleanse us from all sin. And so we can confess our sin to God. And when we come under the conviction of sin through the preaching of his word and by, you know, through the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is you know, why it is important to be reading the word of God and hearing it preached in a good Bible-believing church after you're saved. And so God has promised in that, when we confess our sin, to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And, you know, when we keep these short accounts with God, we keep a restored, continuing fellowship with him. And, you know, this allows us, by his grace, his divine help, to overcome our weaknesses and uh, and to recognise them and to respond the right way to them as we uh, grow in the faith and so you know those things that are that that cause us to lust in the flesh or the lust of the eyes or the pride of life it this uh, progressive is um sanctification is putting off the old nature and and putting on the new christ likeness and you know that chorus um little by little inch by inch by the yard is hard by the inch what a cinch never stare up the stairs just step up the step little by little inch by inch and this describes our progressive sanctification really well and i like the verse growing in christ takes work every day reading your bible and learning to pray build godly habits seek help divine little by little one step at a time and you know this is my living a life growing in christ and and thirdly, the third step of my sanctification is completed by God when he thinks I am ready for heaven and he promotes me to glory and I will be with Christ and be like him and I am perfected in Christ. And we call that our glorification in sanctification. And um, and so 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, we read, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. And we learnt on the Sunday Morning Sunday School at Jimburg that good work is God's will, uh, doing God's will through God's help, doing it God's way. And so um, we are born in him. We grow like him and we become like him and this is our sanctification and service for God and, you know, our service is telling people about him and it's our way of life too, our manner of conversation, the way we react, the way we minister and to the different people we have around us, our families and different um, relationships. And so Romans eight thirty-five to 39 sums this up very well when we consider now who can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord and shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so with Peter's response there, as we just consider that again, um, we should truly believe that too, as he professed there, that we have nowhere else to go. To whom shall we go? And that... We have no life apart from Christ because thou art the words. Thou hast the words of eternal life. And this requires humility. And uh, 1 Peter five five, it says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. He gives that divine help, that enablement to the humble. And uh, we humbly resolve by the Spirit's power to abide in thee. We think, okay, now we're just thinking when we're thinking about who can separate us from the love of God, we let's think of the extreme cases now. And I have the Fox's Book of Martyr at home and just reading through that. And I've just made some notes here. When we consider the tortures, the persecutions of the saints, you know, what they've endured over the years and even presently now and today, you know, from their persecutors, are, you know, these saints, our brethren, you know, they... By their persecutors, they are being brutally assaulted, and uh, and they are brutally assaulting them to try and cause them to confess their separation from Christ, to deny their faith. And what we're finding in these situations is these precious saints, you know, in in bonds, imprisonments, in in tortures and chains, and you know, they have proven to us. If we are really one with Christ, Satan can no more tear us away from Jesus than he could, you know, tear away, you know, as we read about the Apostle Paul or John even and what they endured. And, you know, these saints, when we think about it, they were just human like us. They had no more power, probably less in their, you know, diets weren't as good as they are today. And and just, we have a lot more than they had and you know they had no more power of their own than we have and but they sourced everything from christ and that's the difference and you know we can do the same and so you know let's think of the martyrs when we think of that nothing can separate us from the love of christ even as satan through these persecutors tried to do terrible things and they had been whipped and, you know, we read of skinned alive, terrible. And yet, you know, they were able to cry out. Even after they did all that, they would generally end up finishing them by burning them. Um, and much of that happened. And, you know, they cried out, none but Christ. And they even prayed for their persecutors and, and you know, Lord, have mercy on them and into the Lord. I commend my spirit unto thee and things like that when you read through. In early days, you know, they have been tied to tails of horses and, you know, they were dragged to death. But, you know, we don't see, especially with the true believers there, the seed of the martyr, the blood of the martyrs as we, that song is the seed of the church. We, The true believers, we don't see them denying the, um, and so, or any thought of apostatizing had occurred to them or changing doctrine or they, they believe what they believe and that's what they stood for, false doc- against false doctrine. And the persecutors, we read, advised, devised all kinds of tortures, you know, and I, can, I only dare mention a few because there were so many. And, you know, but each time the saints of God triumphed over their tormentors, and you know fierce was demonic cruelty of the you know roman paganism at that time that was oppressing christianity true christianity and one girl Anne askew and i just want to finish with her because she was only 25 year old when she was burned but she'd also been racked and that racking on the rack you know literally every bone is dragged from its socket and it's terribly painful and unimaginable and you know she was still defending the faith her the faith against Rome and they were giving her opportunity even before they burnt. they had to carry her on a seat because she couldn't walk to the uh, where they burned her and and when we consider they died not denying their lord at all just standing for truth and Oh, that we, you know, had that like grace. You know, we shall have it when the trial comes, God says, in what we've looked at. For God is with us and our, he is our refuge in the time of storm. And though all men shall forsake thee, the Lord says, yet will not I. And uh, And so, and we need to say, though all men forsake you, Lord, yet will not. I, and uh, we, we. And so, by thy faithfulness, O Lord, keep us faithful, because we know great is thy faithfulness. And I want to close in prayer as we consider these thoughts. Lord, we thank you for your mercies that never come to an end. We thank you for your grace that we see these beautiful pictures of um, your love. That could not be separated from these dear saints, Lord, as the enemy, Satan, tried to tear them apart literally, physically and mentally. And Lord, we thank you that they were able to stand on the rock and you were never moved, Lord. You promised that you are secure. And um and they had that wonderful assurance of heaven and being in glory with you after they had died and been killed, Lord. So we thank you and pray that we will consider your words today and the situation there and what we see today in our own churches and society. And Lord, we do pray that we will continue for the sake of the gospel and souls that are lost remain faithful so that the power can be there for them to be affected with that glorious light that can shine in their heart Lord and give them the peace and the presence and the Lord the salvation that they can call upon so we pray these things now and help us to continually abide in thee Lord and to confess our sins of neglect and Lord those areas that we have neglected and uh, are weak in that are not pleasing to you Lord we pray we ask these things now and we give you thanks for your forgiveness for the precious blood that cleanses us from all sin Lord for the sacrifice and the suffering the greatest of all that you made for the sin of the world my sin and our sin Lord we pray and commit this unto you now as we go away rejoicing in Jesus name amen